Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. joy? Maybe it's in the laughter of a child. It could be spending time with your family. Maybe it's sports, especially when your team or teams are doing rather well. It could be in the arts. My medium of choice is photography. But you might find joy in good books, in television shows, creating a craft. Maybe you find joy in your pets. (laughs) Maybe even listening to podcasts. A lot of people find joy in cooking, and a book titled The Joy of Cooking debuted in 1931. It was written by Irma Brambauer, and this book has sold more than 18 million copies. It's considered to be the cooking bible of American cuisine. It was so popular that there have been a lot of knockoffs using joy of in the name. Some of the topics I found online just doing a quick little search for joy of in the title include photography, home brewing, speaking Yiddish, chickens, missing out, meaning intentionally unplugging from technology, and of course, the joy of sex. Those are almost all about joy found in an activity, or avoiding an activity, as the case may be. I decided to look up joy in the dictionary and found it actually can be used as a noun or a verb. As a noun, it means a feeling of great pleasure or happiness. As a verb, it means to rejoice. But what if we have the definition of joy all wrong? What if it's not a feeling after all? What if it's not a feeling that we get from an activity, but rather it's a state of being? And not just a state of being that comes and goes, but a lifelong trait. What if having joy is the same as being tall, or being curious, or some other characteristic that we use to describe ourselves? Or better yet, what if we could consciously hold on to joy? In this third week of Advent, we light the third candle. It's the pink one. It symbolizes joy. In this special series for Advent, we've been talking about why Jesus had to come to earth to be born as a baby in the first place. And so far, we've talked about Jesus coming to earth to bring us hope. Through his life, death, and most importantly, his resurrection, we have the hope that there is something more beyond this life on earth. We also talked about Jesus coming to earth to bring us his peace, to stop our inner conflicts, 
to quiet down our doubts and to instill an inner peace amid a chaotic world. You can hear both of those episodes by going to toddcypher.com or greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. In this episode, though, we're going to talk about the next one, about joy. Specifically, how Jesus tells us what it looks like and how we get it. Now, to do that, we need to turn to Scripture. Today, we'll focus on John 15, verses 1 through 12. Jesus uses the imagery of a vineyard. Listen closely here, and we'll talk more about what all this means afterward. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. I am the true vine, and my father is the vineyard keeper. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit, and he trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already trimmed because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Otherwise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. If you do remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up, thrown into a fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit, and in this way prove that you are my disciples. As the Father loved me, I too have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy will be in you, and your joy will be complete. This is my commandment. Love each other as I have loved you. Listen again to verse 11. I have said these things to you so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. Now, last time we talked about Jesus literally giving us his inner peace. It's a tremendous gift. And now we learn that he's giving us his own joy. That's another huge present underneath our figurative Christmas tree this year. So what does joy look like, and how do we get it? As with almost all things in Scripture, we have to read these words in context. So let's look at the earlier part of that passage I just read to you. Jesus is nearing the end of his time on earth. These are among his final instructions. And like any good teacher, Jesus is providing one last set of lessons to emphasize key points. He wants to make sure his pupils understand what he's been trying to teach them. As I read this passage, I think Jesus has given us a pretty big clue as to how we obtain this gift of joy. Right after Jesus tells his disciples all of this, after he says that indeed they could have his joy, Jesus gives a commandment. Sort of like a teacher giving you an algebra problem and then explaining the proof for that equation. I hope that analogy didn't give too many people middle school flashbacks to horror right there, but let's keep going. Jesus tells them to love others as he has loved them. In other words, genuinely care for others, even if you don't really know them very well, or at all. Show compassion 
without asking questions or imposing conditions and put others ahead of ourselves. So how do we find joy? I think Jesus is telling us that we find joy by showing love for others. Now, as editors occasionally told me when I was a reporter and when I as an editor had to sometimes tell reporters, I think Jesus kind of buried the lead here because I think earlier in this passage, Jesus starts off by telling us how to increase or at least maintain our joy. Bear with me for just a minute here. We're going to skip back a few books in the Bible, back to the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians. We look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It's where Paul's trying to tell his group of followers how they can know each other is embracing this new-to-them lifestyle of following Jesus. They will bear fruit. In this case, it's fruit of the Holy Spirit. Here's what these two verses say. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against anything like this. Notice that that first trait listed is love. Kind of like that commandment that Jesus gave us that we discussed earlier. And the second one, yep, there's that word, joy. These are fruit, the visible part of the plant that is our faith. Okay, so that's it for this little detour. We're going to get back on the road now. But remember that joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I've heard Reverend Adam Hamilton from United Methodist Church of the Resurrection say on more than one occasion that readers of the Gospel of John have to do a little extra work. They have to peel back the layers. Dig just a little deeper to get to the author's true meaning. And digging is a really good metaphor for this portion of John because Jesus gives us this powerful imagery of a type of garden, more specifically a vineyard. Unlike some of his parables, Jesus comes right out this time and tells us what each piece represents. Jesus is the vine, the life-giving section of the plant. God is the gardener, or the vineyard keeper, who planted those first seeds. Initially humankind, and then God's only begotten Son, Jesus. Jesus extends as the vine. This is the strong part of the plant, where the bulk of the nutrients reside. And believers, you and me, are the branches, the smaller offshoots of that central part of the plant that extends the vine's reach. Now, as long as the branches stay connected to the vine, they usually remain healthy and bear fruit. But if the branches are damaged somehow, wind, hail, bugs, rodents, for example, well, the branch grows weak, it gets weary, and it dies. I think in this illustration, Jesus is trying to tell us that the key to growing or keeping our joy is to stay connected to him. He tells us that if we stay connected to him, he will stay in us. He'll continue to be part of us, not just alongside us, but in us. And this matches up really well with what we talked about the last time, involving peace. Remember in the last episode, we talked about Jesus giving his inner peace. Now he's telling us that we can have his inner joy, too. hope that makes sense. Let's get back to our vine illustration, though. If Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, then we get our spiritual nourishment through him. And that means we reach out to extend his reach. That gives us purpose. It gives us something to devote our time and attention to. It allows us to bear spiritual fruit. And what was one of those fruit? Remember? Joy. And that joy remains a part of us. The branches, 
as long as we stay connected to Jesus, the vine. Now that's all fine and good. And you might be thinking to yourself right now, what about when bad things happen? Does it mean we shouldn't be sad when something tragic happens to us? Absolutely not. You look at Scripture, and even Jesus wept when he found out that his friend Lazarus had died. And keep in mind, Jesus knew that he was going to bring his friend back to life. We are certainly going to face tough times, and we are going to be sad. Sadness is real. Clinical depression is real. The brain is one of the most complex parts of God's creation, and sometimes chemicals become imbalanced. Mental health is no joke, and mental illness is not something to be ashamed of. And please hear me. Anyone listening right now who is struggling, in particular anyone contemplating harming themselves in any way, please, please, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. The phone number is 800-273-8255. Now, I know not everyone's going to face that type of challenge, but we're all going to face sadness and disappointment at one time or another. We all face stressful situations. We lose loved ones. We have health struggles. We lose jobs. We're lonely. Wow, during this pandemic, are we not lonely? Sometimes it could be a failure to lose those 5, 10, or 15, or in my case, even more pounds. Sometimes it could be something relatively minor, first world problems, like frustrations with technology. Let's just say there are hardships aplenty out there for all of us. But happiness and sadness, those two things I think largely depend on circumstances. And both of them really are short-term emotions. Joy, though, joy, I think, has endurance. It's an inner feeling. It's a state of being. It's a compass that can steer us both in times of happiness and in times of sadness. Joy helps us understand that the challenges we face are temporary because we are loved by a God who cared so much that he sent his son to die for each of us. A son who gives us hope. A son who has given us his inner peace. A son who has given us his own joy. And through his joy, inside of us, we can endure difficult times. And that is yet another reason why Jesus had to be born in the first place. As we draw closer to Christmas, I invite you to join me next time so we can talk about one other reason Jesus came to us on this earth. Love. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifer. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with FirstCom Music. You can find archive podcasts on my website, toddseifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. 
you can play a small part in helping change a life.